0: All right, race fans. Ryan Eho here, and the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, I heard you called in sick to work. How are you feeling? You feeling any better?
1: I'm still coughing a little bit, but I'm feeling better than I than I was before. So, so uh... How about that,
0: race fans. He's a trooper. He's still on the show. How about <laughs>
1: that, Right? We know what the priorities are. You don't
0: have to leave home, <laughs> right? I think you were saying. When you when you were sick before, you'd still go, but now with COVID, you know, the people kind of look at you a little bit differently, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, at work they tell you if you're sick, stay home. So, um, I stayed home. I <laughs> actually today I slept until eleven o'clock this morning. Oh then,
0: wow! Wow. Yeah.
1: You know, your inner
0: Scott Bloomquist. All
1: right. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So episode 126, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Dirt Track Supply, Watertown, South Dakota, home of the aero chassis. They've won a lot of races. Of course, Ron and Trevor both have a lot of wins under their belt, and they do a lot for racers. Um, If you need parts, you need supplies, you need safety equipment, you need tires, you need a new chassis, you need stuff fixed get a hold of them guys at dirt track supply they'll take great care of you over in watertown south dakota so bert first one of the bunch here to actually make it to a dirt track this year over to the big half mile the legendary half mile over in Shano how was it give us your thoughts
1: um it was I mean it was good to get back to the track. I mean actually Saturday was the first day where I really wasn't feeling well and uh, I slept almost all day on Saturday, but I did go to the races Saturday night. And I felt it's amazing when it, when you're at the track, then you feel really good. So uh, <laughs> maybe it's um uh, that helps you uh helps you recover. Um, <laughs> it's
0: like Advil, it's like
1: therapy. I right? mean, diagnosing
0: you with a little bit of a cough, go to the racetrack, you're gonna feel better. So hopefully you're on the mend, but. You know, give us a little recap. What happened? I know it was the Dirt Kings opener as well as the opener at Shano. You know, give us a little recap on the night. What stuck out to you on uh, night number one over in uh, Eastern Wisconsin?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, it's not really too surprising, but uh, the track had a little bit of character to it. Um, it's uh, the f- uh, first race of the year and they put new clay on in the off season. And we haven't exactly had a, uh, weather in our area that's been conducive to uh um getting the track ready um i talked to the person who prepares the track and uh he said that they added a foot and a half of clay in the corners and six inches on the straightaways so i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of clay that they added to the track so i mean overall i mean the track got a little rough but considering everything. Um, I think it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've got Eldora on right now, right? The, right. Was it as bad? Was it better or worse than Eldora? Um, well, Eldora looks like it's um, it's it's rolling up and making a big cushion in the middle of the track. Where Shano, it seemed like the corners were, or just um, just a lot of moisture in the bottom portion of the track. And so it was just getting rutted up, especially when the IMCA classes were out there with their skinny tires, Uh, it would rut up more. Um, Before the late model heat races and before the late model feature, they did go out and they graded the bottom portion of the track before those races. And um, like I said, I mean, it was rough. I've seen it worse than what it was. Um, you know, I can sit here and say, well, you know, it didn't look too bad, but I'm not the one sitting in the, in the cockpit actually driving the cars. And, uh, yeah, you know, if I say that there's probably some drivers out there saying, well, you get in the car and you drive in that stuff. So,
0: yeah. So you said before the show, a lot of whining over there All <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding.
1: Um, so no, I mean, I mean, it was a good night of racing. Uh, there were, 20 late models there. Um, you know, that's that's about what you're gonna get. Uh, because Plymouth isn't open. So there were uh I would say uh six cars from the Plymouth area. And Shaw has roughly 15 to 20 normal drivers. So uh, you know, 20 cars is about what you're gonna get for a full field. You know, I'm I so wish surprised. it was
0: I was a little surprised, right? Was it was Taylor Scheffler there?
1: No, Scheffler wasn't there.
0: And to me, that's a disappointment, right? I I like Nick Animelink, I like Troy Springborn, I like them guys, but Taylor Scheffler is somebody that I've been kind of watching the last <laughs> couple of years, a little here and a little there. Man, I wish you would have followed that series because he he's he's one of them up and comers that's on the chip, and I think you would have been fun to watch. I'm a little disappointed that he wasn't there. That means he won't be following the whole. <laughs>
1: No, I mean he didn't follow the series last year. I mean, he likes to go down and race some of those uh northern Illinois tracks during the summer, so that kind of takes him out of uh um, you know, some of the races up in this area, but you know, I I don't I don't know if I don't think he was racing anywhere else So this past weekend, so Yeah, I didn't um, see his name. See his name at so, all. so yeah, I mean, it was disappointing he wasn't there, but uh it was, it was some good racing. Um, uh, Troy Spring- springborn won the feature and which is actually fitting that he won this race because, uh, it was, uh, the Larry Colburn race and, uh, Colburn, uh, was a good friend of, uh, of springborns and, uh, he passed away. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure when he passed away. It was fairly recent though. And uh, so this race was kind of a memorial race, and in, in his memory. So it was good to see Troy win, you know, in a race, uh, memorial race for his friend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The memorial races are huge. I mean, there's so much history in racing to be able to do that is cool. But when it's one of your friends or family and you go out and get it done, you know, I don't have the hat on, but tip of the cap to Troy Springborn on winning. You know, off to a great start, right? Because Nick Anvilink is kind of been the mark over there at the shano speedway he still got second i believe didn't he
1: yeah nick nick started six and uh finished second in the feature and um it would it was a 25 lap feature and on lap 19 a caution came out and uh nick caught troy and they were both running in traffic so it would have been interesting how things would have played out if that caution wouldn't have came out. Uh, the caution came out and uh, you know, I talked to Troy afterwards and <clears throat> I even told somebody else as long as, because like I said, the ruts were in the bottom part of the track in the corners, especially especially in turns one and two. And uh, I told somebody as long as Troy runs above the ruts, you know, make Nick try to pass him down in the ruts. And uh, that's what Troy did. And, um, and well, Troy told me after the race, uh, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, but he said that Nick told him that he wasn't going to go down in those ruts to try to pass them. So
0: (laughs) both of those drivers are experienced. And of course, Nick had his dad racing for his years. They might get the win pounding the holes, you know, on opening night, but they know what it's going to cost them over the next several weeks. You could break (laughs) Craig shafts. You could break all kinds of stuff. Who knows what? So Veteran drivers are usually a little bit smarter than that, especially on night number one.
1: Mm-hmm, right, exactly, and uh, so um you know, and it, it's nice to see some other drivers in victory lane. Uh, you know, spread the wealth a little bit.
0: <laughs> I know it's some other drivers. springboards up front quite a bit. I mean, he, yeah, he, he actually led. Right, he but, led the Dirt King Series. He led that um, late in the season last year. So. It's no surprise seeing that 81 but, up
1: front. Actually, this is his first Dirk Kings victory ever. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> that is unbelievable to me. I, I'm, I'm
0: surprised by that because he's consistent. Like I said, right. late in the year, last year, he was leading the points. Nick had a couple rough nights there. He took the point lead over, looked like maybe he was to I think it was him or was it Berna? Springborn was up there too. Was that the year before?
1: Uh, that might have been the year before.
0: Yes, but he's, I mean, he's a steady. But team. yeah, he, he's, he, a he he's a top
1: runner. He's a top runner.
0: Speaking of veterans, let's flip the script, right? I mean, between all the classes, give somebody some love over in Eastern Wisconsin. Is there somebody that you got your eye on? Maybe somebody different, somebody new, you know, maybe not just the late models, any of the classes over at Shano Is there somebody that kind of caught your attention that might be somebody to watch over there this year?
1: Um. Well, it looks like uh, Jared Seifert's going to be racing a modified uh, this year. He's raced late models the last few years, um, but it looks like he'll be racing modifieds. So, I mean, he's a multi-time track champion in a modified. So, you know, I would expect him to get a lot of victories. Good to see uh, him move back up. Good to see him. <laughs> move back Top class there. And, uh, uh, you know, on the Dirk King side, uh, Brad Miller he doesn't like racing half miles he doesn't like the big tracks but he's raced Shano the last couple of years and uh in his heat race he actually made a pass on the outside in, in turns 1 and 2 so uh he must be getting a little bit more accustomed to uh uh racing the uh, big tracks but he in he wound up finishing he finished third in a feature so the boy does have the balls to go to the so, so yeah right. and uh I I don't know if you remember who Brad Miller is, but he's the one who took that nasty flip at uh, Plymouth. Uh, was that last year or the year before? It's been the year before, but it was
0: violent. <laughs> I remember yeah. that one. That was nasty. That
1: was yeah. nasty.
0: How about in any, um, any of the... Did they have all the classes there? Stock cars?
1: Yeah. All, all the classes were were there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just do some shout outs. Uh, I mean, Jerry, Jerry Munster's back racing at 80 years old awesome. <laughs> in the in the IMCA modified division and, uh, well, uh, Kyle Frederick won the IMCA stock car feature. And, uh, that feature is always, uh, um, fun to watch because it's door handle the door handle, uh, um, you know, in Eastern Wisconsin, that division is, is dubbed the division too tough to tame. So, uh, okay. and, uh, you know, Travis van Stratton has won, the I should look this up sometime but he's won like the last eight years won the championship the last eight years so I mean it's, it's uh maybe not quite that many but uh it's it's pretty close to that if if it's not at that and uh so um it's just seems like Van Stratton he may not get the wins but he's always there at the end of the feature he doesn't have any DNFs and that's what you know, other drivers will have like one DNF in the season, but just one DNF is enough to uh, put you out of contention.
0: That's <laughs> the difference between track points and, like, say, Wasota national points, because some, some series is, and national series, is, they take your best X amount of shows. So you can throw out some of them bad shows, but to win a track championship or maybe the Dirt Kings, you got to be ultra consistent to get that done. And, and, uh, that, that's a huge thing. Um, here's a question for you. Well, of the, just, let, just
1: let me do one more thing. Um, yes. and in I modified feature. Um, uh, they ran a seven lap feature because of the time limits. Um, you know, lots of cautions, lots of cautions, but, uh, Connor Walensky got the feature win, but what's, uh, notable about the feature win was the Friday of the prior week. Um, he received the, uh, a bare chassis and they put him and his crew, put that car together in a week's time and then won the feature.
0: So they're going to have to try out for Sheldon Hoddenschild's crew. <laughs> right? that, that's maybe not overnight or maybe not like in two laps, like they do in sprint cars, but that's getting it done for sure. So I got a question on the Dirt Kingsburg. So they, they kind of are migrating West, right? They got, They've gone to Jim Falls. Are they going back to Eagle Valley this year? I don't think they're on the schedule. No, they.
1: no. <laughs> Red
0: Cedar Speedway in Menominee's on the schedule, multiple trips over to the Mississippi Thunder Speedway, but you don't, you still don't see any of those cars heading east, Right. And, and as a fan, I was, I was looking at my race pass and I'm thinking there's nobody else racing. I mean, they'll get somebody, nobody came. Right. So, is it a little disappointing as a fan knowing that the series is going over there, but none of those drivers are, are making the trip East when they have the races over there, even when nothing's going on, what's your thoughts there?
1: I mean, obviously it's, you know, I being a late model fan, it's disappointing not to get any travelers uh, um, to come race with them. Um, You know, it was, Several years ago, you know, Jake Kredetsky would come over to race at Shawano, you know, one or two times a year, um, you Camp know, has and, been over and there. There, yeah, Kent has been over there a few times, you know, you get a couple of, that would drop in now and then. And, you know, I understand, you know, it was only like 1500 to win this last week at Shawano. So, I mean, it's not a huge payout and with the price, pretty good,
0: could say, you know, I think it pays back pretty decent, doesn't I it? Mean,
1: The total purse for the late model portion was a little over eleven thousand dollars, and similar
0: similar to a Challenge Series. uh, And
1: so, you know, you know, with the price of gas and stuff, I understand. You know, you're not going to get a ton of cars to travel over, but you know, with nothing else going on, I was hoping maybe you'd get two or three. Um, You know, it always creates a buzz within the grandstand when you, you know, get a car that you don't normally see race there and um but i mean it is it is what it is i mean it's um you know unfortunately for eastern wisconsin late model scene if you want to add cars you have to get them from western wisconsin because to the east you have a big body of water (laughs) right (laughs) they're 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 not going to come from that direction where you know if you're in western wisconsin you can get them from minnesota and you can get them from eastern wisconsin so you're you're in a you're in a better situation to draw cars from different areas where in eastern wisconsin you you can only draw from i mean you're already drawing from southern wisconsin you know with the plymouth cars and so the only other place is from western wisconsin
0: so one last thing on the Dirt Kings, after night one, give me your pick right now to win to win the Dirt Kings title in 2022.
1: Well, if Nick Avling follows the series, he'll win the series. I
0: oh, Bert's calling it right there <laughs> certainty. Nick Avling is going to win it if he follows it, which he's he's currently second, of course, because he got second. So probably a pretty good pick, but some of them guys might surprise you. Berna, Springborn, some of them guys. Oh yeah. So we'll see what happens. I
1: mean, I mean, the other top contenders would be Brett Swedberg, Ron Berna, uh, Justin Ritchie and Brad Miller. Those would be my top contenders to, to contend.
0: And all of those shows have other people hopping in. So they, you'll, you'll see different faces at this series. Uh, But as far as the points go, them are the key ones. So some breaking news. And, uh, I caught wind of it last night from one of my sources over in central Minnesota, but Brandon Shepard, the rocket ship, making the shift to the Lucas Oil late model dirt series. Are you surprised?
1: I am surprised um, just from the fact that <laughs> it's kind of been, you know, kind of the joke is that the World of alt series is the Mark Richards series. So that's why it's surprising.
0: (laughs) I, You know, how much, okay, so let's face it. Lucas Oil has more money on the line, right? There's more bigger shows. There's more money at the end. So there's more money on the line. How, now it sounds like he kind of made that announcement in an interview that he was going to jump over there. Do you think Friday's disqualification for the droop rule had
1: anything to do with it? Um, I don't, I don't know if it did or not. I mean, according to the press release that they sent out, they kind of decided this or they at least talked about it early in the season about making this switch. Um, so I don't know if it did or not, but, but yeah, the, the timing of it, you know, the conspiracy theorists could look at it that way um so, but the, but the funny thing about that is isn't isn't the drupal rule isn't that what mark richards wanted
0: that's kind of what the rumor is anyway so yeah that's so let, let's be honest as a race fan right we want to see more good drivers compete against each other on a regular basis right no disrespect to the handful that are left <laughs> in the world of outlaws because there's not many but Madden was leading points. He dropped off, right? Brandon Shepard was currently second or third in points, maybe third behind Blair. He dropped off, right? And those, in my opinion, would be as far as star power goes in the world of Outlaws. Those are two big names, right? Now, I like Dennis Erb Jr. Max Blair's been impressive. I'm a B1 Bomber fan. He's a homer, right? We got Kyle Hammer, who's a rookie. Gustin, we got some different drivers. But when we're talking star power, butts in the seats at racetracks, watching this race, Brandon Shepard and Chris Madden, that's two big, big hits. Could this be a, I don't want to say a beginning, because I think the wheel's been in motion, but is it going to get worse before it gets better for the
1: world of outlaws? As far as losing more drivers, um, I don't know if they're, I don't, I don't think they'll, they'll lose any more drivers um i mean well as you were talking something thought popped into my mind you might know the answer to this does lucas's schedule not conflict with xr as much as Outlaw's schedule
0: i think they both had a couple events that conflicted um i know that i know that they kind of moved things around all the parties did to kind of take some of them conflicts away but I think it's pretty even as far as conflict. Um, I don't, I'd have to look at the rest of the schedule.
1: (laughs) Cause I was wondering if, if part of the decision to go to Lucas, well, besides the fact that he's leading points right now um, is, you know, they can make more money when Lucas isn't racing. Also, if they, if there's more XR races, they can race in, if they're in Lucas versus being in the world of Alt-Loss series. Um series.
0: I don't think he likes Bristol. Right. I think that, I think he's not like a huge Bristol fan, but Brandon Shepard is phenomenal at home. You get him on that oh, yeah. Illinois clay. Where are the next two races, right? Granite city and, and make it Remember, two tracks. He's really, really good at. So part of it might be, he just likes some of the tracks. I think, I'd have to look at the schedule, but I feel like there's more Lucas oil races
1: in his area than there
0: is world of outlaw races. Maybe that's a
1: factor as well. Could be. And, um, you know, there comes a time when, you know, he wins, he wins the championship every year in the world of outlaws. And, you know, it's almost a thing of, if I don't win the outlaw championship, people are going to look down on me. You know, it, it's, I, it's not a successful season. If I don't win the outlaw championship where, you know, now he, he doesn't necessarily need to win the Lucas championship because he's going to be competing against tougher competition. But if he can win the Lucas championship, that really adds a piece to his resume.
0: I think in their mind, they need to win the Lucas championship. Let's wow. honest, right? <laughs> so speaking of that, right. Okay, so let's talk about the two really quick. World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil. In the World of Outlaws, Dennis Herb Jr. Jr.'s leading, Max Blair's second, Brandon Shepard was or still is technically third. Who, Who's your pick right now to win the World of Outlaws?
1: Um, I will go with uh, Dennis Herb and um, with the dark horse of Tanner English. And I'm going to go, you know, I like to
0: see Dennis Herb win i mean it, i mean it's, it'd be a really cool story but max blair has been impressive as of late yeah, okay. and, uh, so i'm gonna go max blair dark horse dennis erb jr which i don't know he's leading so i don't know if he's a dark horse but max blair would be pick one pick two would be a uh, pick two would be dennis erb jr how about the lucas oil series is it he's leading right now right i think is i think moran is second and then turbo's third team Max and fourth is it a lock for Brandon Shepard to win this? Who's, who's going to win the Lucas soil points?
1: Well, um, it's not a lock for him to win it, but uh, um, I would have to say that, um, I mean, obviously he's leading the, the points, so he's got the advantage, but I, I think leading in points at this point, even though there's still a lot of racing left, um, you know, I, I would probably, if, if I were a betting man, I'd bet on Shepherd.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's right there. But I tell you, Turbo has been running good, right? He's been legit fast. Yeah, okay. But I don't if you saw the news, he's in a Longhorn. Okay, we got it. We got Eldora on right now. He's in a Longhorn. Tough to tell tonight. He's in the show. As good as he's been running in that Rocket, is it a mistake for Turbo to jump over to a Longhorn? As as good as they've been running, this at this point.
1: Um, it's definitely a uh, interesting move. Um, I'm not sure what went into the decision. I mean, they probably still have a Rocket in the trailer. Uh, I, I don't know if they do or not, but I, I'm just guessing. Um, I find it kind of uh, strange because I don't know if you watched his interview after he won uh, last week. He goes, Rocket finished one 2 three, and then – Three days, four days later, he's in a Longhorn. So I'm not quite sure uh, what, what all that that means. <laughs>
0: It'll be really interesting because I feel that every driver is different, right? You know, so Longhorns are great. Rockets are great. Capitals can be great, right? All these cars can be great. quest cars are, some of them run up front. But I feel like every driver meshes with a, a certain brand a little bit better than others. So it'll be interesting to see how that transition is. I mean, we saw Brian Shirley was horrible in his Longhorn, horrible, not even remotely competitive. He's like, I'm done with that deal. I'm going back to Rocket. That don't make longhorn a bad car. It just means that it didn't fit him. It wasn't working for him. So it'll be interesting to see um, if he gets results. Remember Kyle Strickler, I don't remember which way it was. They had the rockets and the longhorns and and in one of them, I don't remember which way he stayed last year, but they hated the one cars and they went back to the other. So everybody kind of fits in differently well, depending on the
1: chassis. And part of the Strickler deal was with the shocks because, um, you know, he was running different shocks than what all the other drivers of that chassis were running. And that he said that just, didn't work no <laughs> because that wasn't like, a good combination when, at all when, when you call for help they can't help you because you're not running the same stuff
0: correct correct that's a big deal so let's jump on let's let's shift gears here let's go to our we got our friend brad who's jumped in the pickums here with us he had a question for us that he asked he said first of all what's with all you know get back to weekly racing what's with all these classes right i mean in grand rapids Bert, there's Over the course of the season, 11 different classes of cars, counting Enduros. 11. That is just unnecessary. And people are wondering, it's like, well, man, we got all these eight, nine car races, nine car features. Well, yeah, I suppose so. When you got 11 classes to choose from, right? I mean, in a perfect world, because I've had people ask me this all the time. Brad asked it again. Let's talk about the classes. If you own, let's say that let's say that money fell in your lap and you, Bert, got to call the shots over in, in your neck of the woods. Because understand, I believe that every location is different here, too. But in your region, right? It's all your tracks, if you were in charge, it was you footing the bill and you wanting to grow the sport of racing
1: on a weekly basis. What classes would you run and why? Uh well, I would run. I'm say modifieds, I'm say stock cars, I'm say sport mods, um, four cylinders, and then I would have a rotating division. What would the rotating division be? Um, I'm say street stocks um, and late models. Um, those two, those two for sure. Okay. Um, I wouldn't i mean this is if i was starting from square one um i wouldn't and i'm and this is tough for me to say because i'm a late model guy but i wouldn't i wouldn't run late models weekly because there's not enough of them in our area uh to justify the payout so that's b-e-r-t-l-e-h-m-a-n on facebook
0: blow him up if you're a late model guy we're gonna agree we're kind of on the same page here and uh what, you know, so you you wouldn't run late models weekly. There's not enough to really have a good weekly show, maybe bring them in as a novelty, something along those lines, specials.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I grew up going to Shano Speedway and late models have always been at Shano Speedway. And I mean, if you would take the late models away from Shano Speedway, even though you only get like 15 of them, I do believe that your attendance would go down because, It's just been a tradition. Um, But if I were starting a track, you know, from square one, um, I wouldn't have late models weekly.
0: Yeah, that all depends on location. You know, it's tough. You see a lot, there's not many tracks that have them. There just isn't, especially in Wasoda, you know, there's not a lot. I'll, I'll talk on my side of things and I'm gonna talk the Wasoda region as a whole, okay? Um, the first thing I'm gonna say is you don't need in any situation you don't need two classes that look alike. You just simply wow. do. It. Okay. So the diehard fans they know the difference, but your casual fans, you're trying to build the fan base. You got people coming in they know nothing about racing and they're like, "Why is there two late model divisions? Why is there two mods? Why aren't they racing against each other?" You, I hear that stuff. They're like. They're confused. They don't get it. They're like, well, the cars look the same. Why don't they race against each other? I want to see who's better. They got the same car. They don't, sometimes they don't understand. So sometimes we forget, right, that that new fan, the the non-typical fan, they don't, they don't understand the difference between an A-mod and a B-mod. They darn near look the same, right? A crate late. You look at some of these 604 crate lates, they look no different than an open late they look the same, pure stocks and, and street stocks. They look the same, basically. A little, you can do a little bit more with a, maybe a, a stock car body than you can with a hobby stock or a pure stock, but essentially they, they kind of look the same, right? So I'm gonna preface it by saying you don't need multiple classes of the same time. <clears throat> if it were me, and I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk the Northern region. So we're gonna take Grand Rapids, Hibbing, Superior, Proctor, Ashland, those type of tracks in that region if i if i was calling the shots okay i'm gonna hurt some feelings here i'm sorry it just is what it is i'm gonna hurt some feelings and it don't mean i don't like a particular class i, I enjoy watching all of them okay but we're talking economics we're talking building the families we're talking there's a lot of variables you got to have classes bert that i think your focal point needs to be on what the people in that area can actually afford to have, right? And John Cardi and I have talked about that. They're like, people cannot afford a $70,000 modified. They just can't, they just can't. So you got eight of them and everyone's sort of track, okay? So here's what I would do. The rotating class, I'll get to them in a minute. So the late model sprints, I to come back to them. But I'm gonna start with mods. As I said, you don't need mods and B mods. So I'm gonna hurt some feelings. First thing that would happen in my neck of the woods,
1: Amon's, you're done.
0: There you wow. more for Amon's.
1: Done. <laughs> that, that, I like that, the class. That, that's R-Y-A-N. <laughs> <laughs> I like the class. I do. I do. I, that's the last class I
0: raced in. But my goodness, I talked to a buddy of mine. He got a brand new car, $65,000. That's just, I mean, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb, Right. So I would go to the B-Mods because A, they're simpler. They're still spending way too much on a B-Mod. And let's be honest, I've watched some really, really good B-Mod racing. I've seen good racing in all the classes, but more people can afford to be in a B-Mod. So the A-Mod drivers, I know you're upset. All three of you are really mad because they're barely. I had a hard time doing the power ranking show last year for the A-Mods because there is none. And they barely race. And there's like eight cars at every track. I, I believe the average, if you take like two plat, two nights or two tracks out of it, <clears throat> was like 10 per night. That's terrible. Okay. So if the A mod guy wants a big motor, they're like, I don't want to go to a B. Get a late mod. Okay. If you want to be in the open wheel, get a B mod. So step number one, A mod's gone. Your mod class is B mods. I believe you're going to have a full field if you do that. And the next thing I'm going to say is this. And Bert, this one stings a little bit, kind of hurts, bothers me, okay? My favorite class is super stocks. Like, everybody knows it. They're gone. They're gone. No more supers. Out. <laughs> Eliminate. People are going, what the hell are you talking about? <clears throat> what I would do is I would intermarriage, because there's only a handful of tracks in with soda that even have pure stocks. And let's face it, they're putting 10, dollars 15000 into a pure stock. It's no longer a starter class. That class gone too. Okay, done. Street stocks, unbelievable racing. But the street stock rules, in my opinion, need to be changed. A couple little things. Make it so the motors are the same as a super, kind of so people can bounce or whatever. And give them freaking screw jacks. What the hell are they doing? They got these stupid shims in all four corners. So it just makes it more of a pain in the ass, probably costs more at the end of the day. Put screwjacks in them like UMP and IMCA, okay? And, and merge those three classes together. And I don't care if you call them stock cars like everybody else. I don't care, right? But one class, one. Because I'm, we're watching some of these races online, like Eldora. They're super stocks and all that. You look at some of these street stock classes, they all look the same. The street stock bodies in some regions look just like super stocks, right? Merge them together, right? Have one stock car class. You don't need three. You do not, under any circumstance, a track does not need super stocks, street stocks, and pier stocks. That, that, is, that like makes no sense whatsoever. They wonder why they got 10 of each. Merge them all together. Plain and simple. Call it a day. So now you got B-Mods. You got stock cars your starter class is gonna be four cylinders. No, not with Soda Hornets, okay? You do not need to sanction your starter class. That's just driving the cost, unnecessary. I believe that front wheel drive and rear wheel drive just mix them all together. You have a four cylinder, have it, go race. No heats like they do in the South, do time trials for that class. The fastest group goes in feature A, the second fastest group, kind of split it in half, goes in feature B. That way you have your drivers that are spending a little bit more money, a little bit more knowledge. They're not racing against the 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid trying to figure out how to drive around the track, okay? So split them up. Time trials before the night, two features. No, there's your three classes, okay? <clears throat> the fourth class, late models and sprints alternating. The wasota late model rules, dumb, dumb. They got to go, stupid, right? Now, I don't think you should go to open light models because nobody can afford that on a weekly basis, right? But they can go one of two ways. They can either go like the Dirt Kings Tri-State where they allow open motors in and they put restrictors on them and they do that. But I've heard people say, well, yeah, you can do that. But the minute Pat door comes in with a big wide bore and kicks everybody's ass, then everybody thinks they need one. Now they're going to spend $50,000 on a motor that they don't need. Maybe you go the 604 row. What do I like about the 604 route? You can literally run anywhere in the country and not have to change anything, okay? Two things happen there. A, because let's face it, late model guys, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but you are nothing more than limited late models, is what it is. With Soda late models are limited late models. Super late models are on my TV right now. They're at El Door, okay? That's late models. That is not super late models. That's late models. We have limited late models, okay? <clears throat> They're on an island, Vert let me ask you this. How much do you like it when you're at a track that has a special and you see people come in from a completely different area that you had no clue that they were even coming to that race?
1: Oh, I love it. I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier in the show. You know, there's a buzz that goes around the grandstand when you know, when there's a car that's, that's not normally there.
0: Physically impossible in Wasota for that to happen in any class. Okay. So A, that that hurts the drivers that say, hey, I want to go race around the country. They got to change all this stuff. Okay. The promoters are sitting back saying, I don't care if my drivers want to go that. Most of my drivers don't want to go anywhere. The promoters need to look at it as what can we gain, right? When we have special events, are we getting drivers from Iowa, Nebraska, right or illinois are they coming they can't come anymore they can't so the 604 rule that would allow people to come or even the other way which i'm not for that because it's a lot of money people can't afford either way but the way they have it now with the late models is just everybody's on an island bad deal same thing with that stock car class i was talking about they got imca stock cars usra ump why not just make them very close to them so the drive so there can be some intermarriage right midwest mods are pretty darn close when it comes to like USRAB mods and imca and stuff they can actually compete but make them the same so people can intermarriage but i would alternate back and forth the late models and then the non-week sprints which i think is a growing class especially up in our area so there would be Bert four classes of cars four that's all you need four classes right a modified a modified class of some kind a stock car class a starter class and then alternate the or the late models and the non-wings and if that track it has money right because a lot of the club run tracks can't afford to pay the late models every week they simply cannot they just don't have the, the funding to do that but if a track has the funding to do that well, then run five classes and run late models, non-wings, a mod class, a stock car class, and the, and the beginner class. That That's perfectly fine, but don't expect the club run tracks that are on a budget to be able to do that. So probably hurt some feelings, but uh, that answer, that's my thoughts on what the classes need to be. Give us your comments. Um, You know, what do you think? You know, because everybody agrees. Would well, you agree, Bert? I think everybody agrees that we can't have like 850 classes. It's just ridiculous the amount of them. Not everybody agrees on what classes, but we can't have
1: some. I agree with that. I mean, the only person who wants that many is Puka. And uh, (laughs) Exactly.
0: Uh, He's not here, so.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, you don't need that many classes. I mean, especially when, I mean, the tracks in our area don't have the, usually five classes is the most uh that tracks will have in my area but like some of the year-end specials they'll run eight nine classes and it's just like oh my goodness
0: <laughs> and some advertise like cedar lake and nothing against i love cedar lake but they uh they they it. we got 10 classes of cars at the legendary 100 i'm like don't promote that like that <laughs> doesn't excite people people are like going, no 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 stop and they're I think they think it's a good thing, and it's like I'm like, oh god, thank thank God for Dirt Race Central, so I can watch it online and not have to be there. But let's bring us back. Let's let's jump uh, gears here. Let's go to a blast <coughs> to the past, brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. So so if you're a, if you're watching the show, if you're self-employed, if you pay for your own healthcare, right? If you got to pay out of pocket. If you feel like at the end of the month, you could use a little bit more money in your pocket or you just simply can't afford to get health insurance, I might have an alternative for you. Hit me up. I've been able to save people a ton of money, thousands of dollars a year on healthcare. Give me a a call. Give me a text, whatever you want to do. I can get you a quick quote, see if we can help you out. That way you can have a little bit more money to go to races instead of giving it to your insurance guy, right? So Bert, episode number 126. First of all, do you have any one twenty
1: sixes? I do. I have nada for both of them. (laughs) You have no
0: twenty sixes either. No. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I couldn't think of any from over in your neck of the woods. So I have a handful here, and and, uh, a few of them are kind of father son deal, brothers, so on and so forth. But I'm going to start with a couple guys I raced against in my favorite class that I just said we should get rid of. But uh, Mike and Charlie Weber um there was three webers mike and charlie and of course chris weber whiplash whiplash graphics man he he made some sweet ass looking cars back in the day and uh, mike and charlie both had good looking hot rods mike uh, i believe he has at least one with soda 100 win at the cedar lake speedway charlie he's kind of behind the uh behind the scenes snapping pictures over there once in a while but uh mike uh He's a, he was a formidable opponent. I raced against him more than Charlie. Charlie a little bit more laid back. Mike was a little feisty. I may have thrown a tire at him one time, so maybe I was a little feisty too. But uh, he was uh, he was a hard charger. <laughs> Always good-looking stuff, and uh, both of them, too, ran over at the Cedar Lake Speedway quite often. Um, John and Kyle Kopp. So Kyle Kopp, we talked about him in up-and-comer second or third year now in the Wissota Superstock Division. He won the legendary 100 on the last lap. A little bad luck there for Terrence Spacek. But I reached against his dad, John Cop, in the Superstock as well. Part of the, I guess, we'll call it legendary Cop family up from northern Wisconsin. You know, there's you got Don Cop that was probably the biggest legend of them all. Brandon Cop, who was the National Rookie of the Year in the Wasota Modified Division. But Kyle Kopp, an up and comer, keep an eye on that 26. He's got a good hot rod. He's going to win some races this year. And a late model guy from over in North Dakota. And man, I hope that water goes somewhere. Because I don't know if you've seen Bert, but up in the Grand Forks, all around that area, they got huge water issues right now going on with flooding and all that because of the god awful winter that we had. But Mike Bjornson, a late model guy. Puka probably would recognize that name because he made at least one trip over to the Hibbing Raceway. I believe it was for a Labor Day shootout. You got a picture of his car up here, one of his first ones that he had, but uh, I know he watches the show once in a while, and hopefully I can see him at a race uh, sometime this summer. Another guy over from Wisconsin, another super stock guy, Rick Hulquist. Him and his brother Steve, we'll talk about him next week. Um, Both formidable opponents. Rick uh, ran. Mostly at the Rice Lake Speedway, ran over at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee as well. I feel like he's still getting after it. He might be in a modified now. I can't remember, but I ran against him in the Super Stock. And then another guy. I'm not sure if you heard this name. Have you heard Bob Gerkey?
1: I don't recall.
0: So Fergus Falls, <laughs> they have the Bob Gerkey Memorial Race. He tragically lost his life, I believe, a heart attack a couple of years ago. Super nice guy. I met him while uh, racing a modified down in Florida when I was down at speed weeks, had the opportunity to visit with him. Just a great guy. His kid, Ryan Gurky, is a stud uh, mullet nation up on the chip. I mean, this kid is absolutely a hard charger. He is going to win some races this year, but, uh, I remember Bob Berkey and uh, they have a Memorial race. Uh, actually Dan Ebert won that this past year over in Fergus falls. And, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this one up. I don't know a lot about this guy, but I hear a lot about him. Bob Percy, a gentleman that ran kind of in my neck of the woods. He ran Hibbing. He ran Grand Rapids. I know he ran some at Proctor and Superior. And this was years back in my dad's day and age, won a lot of races. I believe Ernie Broadham built his engines. Uh, you northern guys from up at Hibbing, every one of you know who Ernie Broadham is. And Ron Lampanen, I believe, owned his cars. And it uh, sounds like he got in a, what was it, a snowmobile or a bike accident? Something happened. He lost an eye, and I think he was done racing at that point. But Bob Percy, a guy that I uh, heard a lot about. I have another guy, a late model guy. You might know this name, the Sniper.
1: Well, Wayne Chin was a Sniper, wasn't he? That's the one. I found a picture of him. I do not remember him being
0: number twenty-six
1: all the time. No, I remember like him being one. number number one. Yeah, uh, and I know uh, I I know that name because uh, him and Terry Casey had an altercation one time. You know, <laughs> well, let's hear about this. What do you got? What well, happened? I I don't remember the alter altercation exactly what happened, but I know that uh, they got into it at one time.
0: Bert, you're making shit up. Okay, because every one of us knows and all the eastern Wisconsin people know <laughs> Harry Casey has never got in an altercation at a race back. That, that's just fake news. It's just not happening. <laughs> and I got one more for you. I got this one from my buddy in the D1 Dustin Dowdy. Uh, good fan of the show. Won a bunch of races. Got a fresh little baby in their house. This guy here, Bert. Seven races in this Pavement style stock car. Zero top tens. His best finish was a 27. Hut Strickland replaced this driver. The sponsor was Quaker State. Oh. Jay Bernstein owned the car.
1: Well, is this. Uh... When uh, Kinzer raced in NASCAR? <laughs> you got it. You got it. So,
0: Steve Kinzer, king of the Outlaws, little short stint. He won an uh, IROC race at Talladega, but I think it was 1995, I believe. But Steve Kinzer in the 26 car, um, one that I literally would not have remembered, but it has dirt roots, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Steve Kinzer is absolutely on the Mount Rushmore of dirt racing. There's not even a
1: question, right? Oh yeah, he's probably above all the other drivers.
0: All <laughs> oh, right, right. So that's always fun. I like uh, bringing back some memories there on some twenty six. Let's well, get. I have a Wait,
1: Was there a super stock driver last name Drews or Drew that raced twenty six? Well, that's twenty one. Okay. Yeah, in okay. fact,
0: I, I in the picture that I'm gonna put I put up here of of Rick Hallquist, he's side by side with Don Drew. okay and okay. he was in the 21. But yeah, he was he was a stud. He won a lot of races as well. So we're gonna jump into the next section. Of course, we're gonna do a little national recap. We'll make this quick. And of course, this brought to you by Brad Parson. And Brad Parson, he's got all you need farmers, okay. Minnesota, western Minnesota, especially North and South Dakota. First of all, hopefully you get through all this crap weather so you can get your crop in the field and we can get things rolling here, right? But With that said, get a hold of Brad. They got the products you need to help you increase yields, right? help you increase profitability. And uh, just a little tidbit that he gave me here is if you're dealing with problems like high pH soils, tight, heavy soils, light, sandy soils, cool ground temps, you name it, they have the tools to help you address those problems, right? They have a He says right here, it's not too late to get some product for planting. These are liquid products, which are easy to use, made in the USA, which is important. And they have a stout foliar, and they sold out at their Fargo warehouse last year, five times. So, and the best part he said, and this is worth mentioning. So farmers, um, no price change like a lot of other fertilizers out there. So feed your crop over the top, give them a chance. They've done a lot of testing. Put put his stuff in the ground. Do a little testing, and you might be glad that you did. So let's jump into uh, let's jump into a little late model action. Couple big we uh couple big events, right? They had the XR event down at All Tech. They had the World of Outlaw event over at Atomic in Chillicothe, Ohio. Let's talk about All Tech first. What stuck out to you this past weekend?
1: Um, that's a big track. <laughs> Very. <laughs> <laughs> um. It was a big track, but there was act the first night anyway. There was actually some passing. I mean, uh, Tim McCready started from what? He started tenth, didn't he? He did,
0: he did. And Bert, I mean, to me, I mean, he he kind of quietly got up there. Like it didn't look like an exciting race, but he, I mean, from tenth, that's getting it done.
1: Right. I mean, i I didn't watch it live. I watched it later, and it's like. You know, as I'm watching it, it's like, well, there's got to be a caution that comes out that gets him close to the lead. But you're right. He just gradually, you know, throughout the entire race, kept moving towards the front and eventually got the lead.
0: He reminded me of the old school John Kanta. (laughs) Um, John Kanta, never flashy. He's not the cushion pounder. He's not the slide job king. But in every one of them 40 lap features for years at the Challenge Series, he would just find his way to the front. And, and he reminds me so much. Todd T-Mac reminds me so much of John Kanta that it's not even funny. Um, night number two, night number two, uh, Superman, Jonathan Davenport park in victory lane. First win of the year, we're, we're almost to the end of April and he got his first win of the year. I mean, it's a big one, $50,000 to win, right? Did you, A, did you think it would take this long? And are you, are you surprised that this is where he got it done?
1: Um, no, I didn't think it was going to take this long because, I mean, we talked about this on the show last week. Uh, you know, I, I kind of thought he already had a win, but that was back in November when they were um, wherever they were racing at that time. Um, that just shows how the seasons kind of just blend together now. Um, but no, I didn't think it was going to take that long. And um I mean, I guess where he won really didn't surprise me. He can win at any track, so.
0: Right. You know, and the thing is, the car counts weren't extravagant, right? I mean, it wasn't, but the quality of cars at the, I I thought it was great. I thought they had great quality of cars over at uh, Alltech. Sounds like, sounds like they had a really good fan base too.
1: Yeah. And one thing that, uh, well, it's good to see is normally T-Mac doesn't race anything besides Lucas. Right. and he it seems like he's racing more of non-Lucas events this year he's racing some of the XR he's racing tonight in Eldora in the flow race so uh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: a lot of money at stake a lot of money at stake this year so I, I, I'm glad to see that because you're right t traditionally just kind of points chaser nice to see him branching out I mean he's one of the best and in- parked in victory lane along with Jonathan Davenport let's jump over to Atomic Chillicothe Ohio and uh pair pair of nights over there night number one turbo Tyler Herb kind of kind of give him a little bit of a beat down he was pretty darn quick but the story in my opinion from night number one Brandon Shepard who got second DQ'd right I'm just gonna say it. Me and me and Jeff got points on that. All the rest of you had B shep that night, and we, we were all thinking, oh man, we all lost a point. But DQ'd for Drew, Poole, I haven't heard any details how far off it was or any real details, but that was a big sting in the points for him right there. Turns out that might not be a big deal after all, right? But <laughs> um, but uh Tyler Herb was good on night number one. Night number two, uh, what stuck out to you on night two?
1: um night two i'm having a brain lock (laughs) well b chef rebounded oh yeah 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 Yeah, b chef rebounded and actually if i heard it correctly that was his first outlaw win of the year first outlaw win of the
0: year which tied him with kid rocket for the most all time like
1: Uh, maybe that's why they're switching to lucas because mark richards doesn't want brandon Shepard to pass his son
0: that's what my buddy jeff <laughs> pro said today he says hey just, well, what
1: better way to keep his son on top of the record books than just
0: tell brandon he can't race world of all anymore
1: <laughs> conspiracy
0: theories there um no. josh is struggling man i mean he's not running good at all now you know who looked good on night number two the b1 bomber brent larson his best race of the year. He got sixth and actually there was a point in time where there was like four of them battling for position there. Like he was legit racy. It wasn't like uh like he held on and got six. He was on the move. And, and uh, it was a race at the end, right? Brandon Shepard won, but Max Blair and Dennis or junior were legit right there for the win. So I thought that was probably the most entertaining late model race of the weekend was a second night over at atomic um, anything else stick out to you in the world of Outlaw Realm?
1: Um, no, I, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, I mean, you know, the Outlaw races, I believe, were um, better. It was better racing than the XR, just basically because of the size of the track.
0: Yeah, and I will say this. I mean, I'm not going to say tech was terrible, right? I well, mean, right, right. For a big track, I thought it. I thought it raced reasonably good. Even that last the race down at speed weeks was pretty good. You know, so tech is is super slippery and so on, but I thought it raced pretty decent. I was pretty pretty okay with it. I you're right though. Atomic definitely better than
1: now yeah. is all is Altec the racetrack that's going head to head with uh yes. don't yes. okay. Yep,
0: yep, it sure is. <laughs> So let's jump on over to the sprint car action. Of course, night number one rained out. They went to Tri-State over in Hobstott, Indiana on night number two. Carson Macedo won an absolute Brook. I'm telling you, like, Bert, if you didn't watch that race, phenomenal. There was a point in that race maybe halfway through where it was like a 4-5 car battle for the lead. And, I mean, it was highly entertaining. And quite honestly, the track seemed like it was – really marbled up kind of gravelly but they were moving all over the place anything stick out to you from uh the world of outlaw sprint cars
1: well i mean i watched the you know the the world of outlaw sprint car series they put together highlights and they put them on youtube and um what i'm finding out is i need to start watching the entire features (laughs) because well the funny thing is because with the youtube highlights they put together it was three minutes of they condensed the entire feature into like three and a half minutes. And then they had like a three minute interview with, with Macedo after which which is fine. But as I'm watching that, I'm kind of thinking to myself, if you can condense your feature down to three minutes, you're really not doing justice to your product in, in trying to promote it. <laughs>
0: right, right, no, and, and maybe they do that for a reason, right? Maybe they want them to subscribe to dirt vision to watch the actual replay more than likely that would be my guess, but a uh, good, good racing. Needless to say. So let's jump into well, a little,
1: I, I do want to say one other thing about the sprint car race. So uh, one thing I did notice in my three and a half minutes of watching the highlights was uh, uh, the size of the crowd. I mean, that place was packed.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I actually talked to Mark Bush cause that's a track that's kind of in his area down there. And when I got my cars to Mark, he's like, you should see the crowd this place gets for the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. Unbelievable. And, and let's face it, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, no matter where they go, they fill the place. It's still one of the greatest spectacles in dirt racing. So late model fans, sorry, but the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, and maybe it's just because they don't they don't have racing every single night like late models. That might be part of it, too. So let's jump into a little who's hot, who's not brought to you by our friends over at Blue Line Brews. So if you're a Java drinker, you know, check them out, bluelinebrews.com. A portion of the proceeds go to the families of injured officers, to the families of fallen officers. They have K-Cups, bluelinebrews.com. Get your favorite blend and uh, get that little boost of energy you need every morning. So Bert, who's hot?
1: Well, do you want to go first since I always steal your driver. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna. I'll go first. And, and this guy, <laughs> here, he didn't win, right? But he's, he's been kind of a non-factor most of the year. But I'm gonna go with the high side tickler, Kyle Strickler. A pair of seconds at Atomic. Burt. started third row in both. By far the best he's looked all year. Kyle Strickler, a guy that maybe can. Get on the rise. He needs a little bit of momentum. Looked really good this last weekend at Atomic.
1: And uh, as you're saying that, he is running third right now at Eldora. <laughs> I see that. I'm looking up at the screen right
0: now. We got Kyle Larson, <laughs> Davenport, Strickler. So he he's found a little something in that eight ride.
1: Um, For my driver, I'm going with, with uh, Bishop. Uh, he got a second, although he was disqualified for that second. And then he won the feature and he stole all the headlines this week so
0: he absolutely did it. he's up in the top five looks like he's fourth right now too so who's not who do you got who's
1: not um i am going to go with bobby pierce uh he did not qualify
0: I'm guessing Bert. I,
1: uh, the front up uh, finishing 11th. So you the must second. Have got
0: a call there. Did your phone ring?
1: Oh. Did, did, your, did your phone ring, Bert? No, it didn't ring. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it froze up for a second there. So, no, it didn't. And then our little Am I back? Start over. You said you okay. had Bobby
0: Pierce and come back to me. Uh,
1: yeah, he fared failed to qualify the first night at all tech and then he wound up finishing 11th the next night. So, uh, it's a long way to drive to not qualify for one of the races. I mean, that's, that's one of the issues when you don't have provisionals.
0: It sure is. And he looked good that week prior, you know, so he kind of maybe built a little confidence, but yeah, he had a pretty off week. I'm going to go with the mailman, Devin Moran. And uh, he got a fifth and an eighth, but he started second row, went backwards both nights then he went down to West Virginia and broke something, walled the car. I think he's down at Longhorn right now. That's why he's not at Eldora. But uh, in Speed Weeks, Burt, 20 shows, 11 podiums, three wins. Okay. Since Speed Weeks, uh, 10 shows, two podiums, zero wins. And he just doesn't look good. Now, maybe the trip down, right, to kick their cars gone through, maybe he'll come back and come back swinging, but he hasn't been very good. So, Let's jump into our sure bets of the week brought to you by real estate by Jay Schmidt. So out in Watertown, South Dakota, if you need land, commercial, residential, whatever it is you may need, the lock of the week, Jay Schmidt real estate, 20 plus years in business, a huge racing family. And I tell you what, it's a a for sure win to have him help you with your real estate needs. So who's your lock of the week?
1: My luck the week is Superman will win one of the flow races, and he's running second right now at Eldora. <laughs> I see
0: Strickler slow on the track and pulling in in the infield. So something happened to Strickler. There's two laps to go. Flat, tire.
1: Flat Layout, tire. right.
0: Tough break for the high side tickler. But you had you said Jonathan Davenport will win one, right? Yep. Okay. Now I'm just gonna say. Okay. In fact, I'm not even gonna say. Just, I'm going to roll the clip. (coughs) I'm just saying, Bert, three weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, I said Jonathan Davenport was going to win one. He did. Incidentally, you're locked in the week last week, Brandon Shepard, getting a win. You were correct as well. Hey, we're getting pretty good at this thing. <laughs> My shirt bet of the week, and he's looking good right now, right? Uh, young money, Kyle Larson. I don't have a win in here. But Kyle Larson is going to win at least one feature at Bristol. He's going to win in the World of alt Sprint Cars. Don't be surprised if he wins in the Sprint Cars and the Late months. Kyle Larson will be in victory lane at the Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend. So, Bert, let's jump on over to the last lap, brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. With Soda, racing season is coming, right? And that means that you're going to see a lot of winners in, in victory lane with Zuli Race Engines. If you can't meet them, join them. Follow his Facebook page. They post their winners every week, and I can assure you this. They'll be winning some races with Zuli Power underneath the hood, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to jump over to the western side of the world. Justin Zeitner, he parked in Victory Lane night number one for the Tri-State Late Model Series, looking to defend his 2021 title. Bert, little uh, side note there. Remember I talk about the open motors with Soda Motors, so on and so forth? A 6.04 crate got third. They make that deal work. I'm excited to see that. If they can do it and Dirt Kings can do it, soda can do it, Let's change the rules to get more inclusion and we can get more car phones at all these tracks hats off to the tri-state late model season. Bert little news. Did you see what happened down at the gap? Bulls gap, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, uh, Vic Hill announced that uh, they're basically shutting the track down and uh, you know, there was a full press release about it. And, you know, they stated that they had to make all these, um, Updates and renovations and stuff. But uh, the line in the press release that caught me was that, uh, uh, you know, because this uh, Bulls Gap is where they had the race that was... Pro- Burt froze up there a little bit, so I'm
0: not sure if that's his phone. Promoted or... by
1: Kyle Larson, There we got a on Flow. And so just streaming success... To... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know you've been freezing up on my end so I'm not how much of it did you catch me we, we
0: caught we caught most of it but yeah you're exactly right it was, it was there? The one that was the Kyle Larson okay.
1: race yes yeah and just because you have success streaming an event doesn't mean that the event is successful for the racetrack
0: yeah it's interesting and he they went on to say hey we're not throwing them underneath the bus there's a lot of moving pieces right you know they also have a very successful engine business, and I know the time commitment it takes to run a racetrack. Could a part of it be with his racing, with him running the track, maybe he's not getting engines out quite as quick as he'd like. Maybe that could be a little bit of it too. So i um, not really sure. So, Bert, are you on uh, – we, we got a little bit of a glitch, but we're going to make it work. So needless to say, Tennessee, Bulls Gap, no more races on the schedule this year <laughs> now speaking of Tennessee tracks bird did did you see that that pit guy for the guy in the legend car do a swan dive over his car and tackle the official at that wartbird track or whatever it was and then all of a sudden the driver starts throwing down on I don't know if it was an official record driver somebody affiliated with it did you see that Bill
1: yes unfortunately I did see that. <laughs>
0: So we're going to give a donkey award to the that driver and that crew guy because, I mean, that is like off the chain. Now, I will say this. One lap to go, Kyle Larson, victory lane in the six. How about that? So I will say <laughs> this. It looked like it was over. That official pulls up to him, starts kind of getting in his grill a little bit, as you can see on the video here. It looked like it was done. The guy went back to his car. I don't know what was said. I don't know the history. I don't know that, but this is an example of you don't need to escalate the situation. The guy broke, he was already mad. That guy went over, started I'm not saying it's his fault. I don't I'm not condoning beating the hell out of a track official. I'm not. But if you know a guy's pissed off, don't go over there and, and create more issues cuz nothing good's going to come of it, right? And and this guy got booted out. I at least five different tracks announced that he's not welcome there a uh, lifetime band so this guy's racing career is over I mean unless he moves to a different state it's done I don't know the backstory I don't know the whole story looking at the video I'm like oh wow this guy's off his chain and that that pit guy he's kind of like my size he's not like skinny mini he was kind of like r- running down there and he kind of dove over the car and tackled the guy Craziness, but donkey award goes to them best. So uh, we'll stick with Tennessee. NASCAR 2023. Bristol. Back to dirt. Are you surprised?
1: Yes. Um, well, I mean, we talked about this. I don't know if it was last show or the, the show before about how it was kind of strange that we hadn't heard an announcement if they were coming back if they're going to make it dirt again. But then when I saw that, uh, that okay. this race was the most watched Bristol race since 2000.
0: <laughs> we we got you freezing up there a little bit, Bert. Um, uh, is is your phone, are you getting text messages or calls?
1: No, I put it on do not disturb. So, um, I'm not sure what the issue is. Um,
0: God but, I mean, next
1: week, uh, I, I do the, do it through my phone. Um, I'll try an iPad next week and see if that works, works better. Okay. No big deal, but yeah, incidentally
0: back to dirt in Bristol. Speaking of, uh, NASCAR, I thought it was pretty cool. Jeffrey Earnhardt was on the pole for the Xfinity race at Talladega, which that's Earnhardt country, and uh, he come up short. He got second, but a good run. Could Jeffrey Earnhardt be the next Earnhardt making waves in NASCAR?
1: Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Man, you're a negative guy. I'm going go hell yeah. I want to see another Earnhardt. NASCAR needs another
0: Earnhardt. So I'm going to cross my fingers, knock on wood, Jeffrey Earnhardt, good luck to you. I hope he can be the guy. So, Bert, this week, you guys got a you guys got a fresh start last week. This week was Soda Racing opening up. Cedar Lake's supposed to open as well. Jim Falls, but a lot of racing action. And uh, just on that, it was supposed to be last week, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Jake Smith. Of course, him and his dad, Bob Smith, they were going to race in the area last week. Dude, they're hungry. They drove all the way to Humboldt and then all the way to Lucas Oil Speedway with their B-Mod, got a couple races in, parked it on the podium at Humboldt. So pretty cool to see that. Now, um, I didn't send this picture. I'm going to post it right now. We talked about we love the old school look to cars, right? Dustin Nelson and the Superstock. We saw this in the group thread. Did you see the Brewster Baker throwback for the 46 Superstock?
1: Cool. Oh, yes, I
0: yeah, yeah, that's an affordable chassis. He's going to break that car out. That's last year's car, but he's going to run that at Princeton. I'm looking forward to seeing that Brewster Baker throwback car in victory lane. So tip of the cap, Dustin Nelson, pretty sweet deal. Another thing in the Wasota realm, Burt, the X-Factor Jesse Glenn's. We kind of coined them that, right, a couple years back. When we were talking about late models and stuff and brand new apparel, donning the x-factor name so follow jesse glens on facebook get your apparel he's in an ssr late model this year regionally so i'm pretty excited to see what he can do with a change see how that's going to transition but pretty cool to be able to give somebody a nickname i thought that was pretty fun
1: well i i just want to know what your cut of the sale sales are going to be i get the exact
0: (laughs) same cut from sales of shirts that i get from his winnings um (laughs) So same amount, right? We don't need to get into the details what that amount is, but it's the same number. Okay, we're gonna, so we'll go with that. Um, Advantage RV mod tour underway this weekend. I love the tour. I love Ruben. I love I love mod racing. I, that's a great deal. But Bert, it was supposed to be I-94 Friday, here on Saturday, Casino Sunday. I-94, Casino, both canceled. I want your thoughts on... And I get it because when Huron schedules on schedule to show, they got to have it. They got to deal with the city. I get it. Right. But this is a tough deal to make modified drivers travel all the way to here South Dakota with these gas prices for one event. Your thoughts should they have looked at maybe trying to find a way to postpone that?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, they should have at least looked at, or maybe they did. I don't know. But, uh, Yeah, it's tough to, I mean, we talked earlier in the show about, you know, driving from, you know, three hours from Western Wisconsin to Shawano, you know, to race uh, at a show. And, um, you know, it's tough to make drivers drive a long distance for one show.
0: Yeah, I know, I know the, the champion of the series last year, they're from Grand Rapids. That's seven plus hours away to go to Huron for one race. It is what it is. They're 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 gung-ho. Everybody's ready to race, so they're going. But that's, uh, in this day and age, with the cost of fuel and all that stuff, not necessarily the best deal. So let's jump into our uh, current standings in the picks. Uh, the old flat bill guy himself, Puka, <laughs> he's in first. I, I just don't get it. Dude don't even barely watch racing right now. He's been busy, <laughs> and, he, and he's leading. I, I, I don't even know what the hell to think about that, right? Me and Jeff are tied, one back. I had a big week last week, Bert. Me and Jeff are at 36. You're at 34. Mike's at eleven. Brad's at one. This week, and, and incidentally, uh, I believe I picked JD tonight, so I gained another one. I don't know who else picked J D, but I know why J D you did too. All right. So so I nobody got, no nobody picked Kyle Larson. I don't think so. So okay. I might be tied with Puka after tonight. I'm not really sure. But uh, tonight we picked at it Eldora. It's Tuesday. We're doing the show tomorrow night there in Brownstown. The World of Outlaw Late Models are going to be uh along with the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. A double, no, wait a minute. I- a doubleheader at Bristol. You got out there again, Bert. <laughs> so yeah, doubleheader at Bristol, and then the Lucas okay. Oil Late Model Dirt Series is going to be at Tri City and Macon. So eight events this weekend. Mixed in with all of our local racing, some of it's already canceled, some of it's going to happen. Bert, what are you most looking forward to?
1: Well, with the news of today, I'm looking forward to the Lucas races with uh, Brandon Shepard being a regular on the Lucas circuit.
0: I'm looking forward to some home cooking, right? I'm looking forward to our home tracks opening up. You know, we'll see what happens with the weather. There's plenty um, scheduled to open so. I want to talk local racing. We love the national stuff, we do, but I want to talk our local guys and gals. Looking forward to that here this weekend. Advantage RV Series, even though I'm a little questionable on the whole one event, I get it. I understand why they're doing it. I fully get it. I'm looking forward to that race. I don't know if it's streamed or not, because usually Huron does not, but I'm looking forward to some home cooking. So Bert, Always a pleasure. Only a couple little technical glitches right at the very end, but overall a lot of content here this week. Always fun talking racing. Kyle Larson in Victory Lane tonight over at uh, the Big Half Mile in Eldora. Racing tonight, I guess we're, we're posting this on Wednesday. Brownstown tonight, check it out. Bert. I'm Ryan Aho. That is the Bert Lehman. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. A production of GOAT Sports Media, LLC.